So uh, with no further ado, let me get to today's text. We're gonna, we're, we are back in, the, uh, back in Psalms. The idea was to get through Psalms 3 and 4 today. Uh, that did not work out, amen? Uh, we're going to be in Psalm 3 on today. And, and we're in this series uh, entitled The Comfort of a Savior that I think it's critical for us as a person and as a people uh, uh, to know that, that the Lord, he's always guiding, he's always shepherding his people. And so this psalms really highlight how God, do, how God did it with David, uh, primarily how, how God did it with Jesus, and how God is also doing it now with us. And so let's read that psalm, Psalm uh, 23, that, that great psalm that someone has called the, uh, the pearl of all the psalms, or, or it's just a microcosm of the grace of our Lord that we see found in Christ himself, uh, as he called himself the good shepherd. And so, uh, will you please, uh, again, when you see where it is uh, 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 highlighted or, or in bold lettering, uh, just raise your voice slightly, and we, will, and, and we will read this together. So on the count of three, let's read. One, two, three. The Lord is my shepherd. I have what I need. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. And even though I go through the darkest valley, I fear no danger. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Only goodness and faithful love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord as long as I live. Again, this psalm, we, we all know by now, it is written by David, but it's primarily about Christ, but it's also for Christians. Let me say it again. This psalm is written by one who was a sheep and a shepherd, David. And he writes this psalm about Christ, who also was a sheep and a shepherd. But it's also for Christians who are sheep looking for the current guidance and love of a shepherd. David, a sheep slash shepherd, writes this about the greater shepherd and the greater sheep that is Christ for, for us sheep who looks for and who looks to Christ, the good shepherd, to shepherd us now and, 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 and our saved lives. The idea of a shepherd, big picture is that God, or, or through Christ, he, he, he gives us this 24-hour uh, 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 care that, 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 that we are because he is. And you notice that in this, uh, in our reading, it actually highlighted all that he was doing for us. So we get to enjoy uh, everything that he's done for us as our as our. Shepherd, uh, we 
Notice that in the first week that it's because the Lord is, we have no need. That because the Lord, Yahweh, in this text, the great I am is our shepherd. We have all we need. If you move down to John 10, Christ says that I am now this good shepherd that David talked about in Psalm 23. And I, 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 I've come, I am, I've come to meet every one of your internal, external, and eternal needs alone. That Christ, one man, one person, has the ability to meet every need we have. And we learned on last week that, that because he's met our greatest need, that we can rest. That we can rest. That because our greatest need was to be reconciled, brought back into fellowship with God. Uh, that was broken in Genesis chapter 3. When, when Adam decided to sin, the, the fellowship that they once enjoyed was dismissed, demolished. But the second Adam came, and he fixed what the first Adam messed up. That the whole thing was for us to enjoy fellowship and worship with God, unhindered. So God, what he does, that he, Christ, uh, 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 comes and dies once for all. It says, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God himself. How? By putting the death, by being put to death in his flesh, yet made alive in the spirit. That our greatest need has been met so we can rest. We saw how in last week in Psalm 22 that, 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 that even though Christ has met our greatest need, he also meets our physical needs. It's hard to rest when you don't have food and water. It's hard to rest when you don't enjoy the basic things of life in Christ in Matthew 6. says, I, have, I promise you, that as you seek first the kingdom of God, I will meet every one of your needs, not wants. And so because he's met our spiritual need, he's able to meet our practical need. We all can rest. That's the picture of some of, of some too. He, he, he lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the quiet waters. Remember, or do you recall from last week, that, that, that sheep would not rest if there was this, this threat of, of, of disease, death, or discord. That sheep had the, the ability, had the mental capacity not to lie down if there was discord among them, the threat of death around them, or disease possible through the drinking of water that was unclean or, again, just not been able to eat pastures and safety. And the shepherd provided the means of meeting their needs that they could rest. And in the great invitation, Christ says in Matthew 11, come to me, all you who, are, who labor and are heavy uh, laden, and I will give you rest. He says, rest to your so, so today we're going to build on that. Uh, not only does he want to provide rest uh, 
not only does he want to uh, 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 meet all our needs, today we're going to look at verse 3. Now, recall what I said. If you don't believe verse 1, that the Lord is my shepherd, I have all I need, you're going to have a hard time believing verses 2 through 6 because verses 2 through 6, it simply fleshes out verses 1. How does God meet my needs? Well, verses 2 through 6 explains how God being shepherd, and, and we'll see later on, and also being host, how he has met all of our needs. So that leads us to verse 3 on today. And we're going to highlight two things out of this. That not only does God provide rest, we're going to see in verse 3, part A, he provides supernatural strength and he provides divine guidance. So read with me again, with, uh, look with me again at verse 3 of Psalm 23. He renews my life. He renews, or that is the Latin word f- for this. Most Bible says, uh, says that he actually, he restores or he, uh, 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 he restores or he revives. Now, it's key that when you see this word restore or actually renew, it's tricky. If you forget that this psalm is primarily about Jesus, but yet it's for Christians, you might, mis- you might misinterpret what this word renew or restore means. Here's why. Because most commentators, when they don't see that, that this psalm is primarily about Jesus, they use this word to mean he causes my life or my soul to repent or to turn back from the way of which I departed. If this psalm is primarily about Jesus, that word cannot mean that. Because you have to go in the Bible and then see, when did Christ depart from God's will? When did Christ need a need, or when did Christ need to repent to God from, from going wayward? Christ never went wayward. So this word, it really cannot mean to lead back or to uh, uh, return after departing. There is another word for this, and it's the word uh, to refresh or to strengthen. One commentator underlines that the form of this verb denotes the act of strengthening the will and circumstances where life has been nearly extinct or strength has been greatly exhausted. It is bringing life to the one who is weary and exhausted. That fits Jesus Christ. We have to look, and you don't have to look, 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 look long in, in the gospel of Mark and or Luke to find out when Christ became wearied and or exhausted. And that Christ himself needed strength. 
But let me state this up front because many of us, uh, 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 we know, but that we forget. Christ himself, Jesus Christ himself, from conception to resurrection, was always dependent upon the Holy Spirit. Let me say it again. From conception, the time that the Spirit of God overtook Mary in her womb, bam, comes Christ. From conception to it was the Spirit of God that raised Christ up from the dead. So from the beginning to the end, Christ was strengthened by the Holy Spirit. That he, that, that he never lived life apart from the Holy Spirit. Hear me on this. While the human nature of Christ was actually united to the divine nature of the second person of the Godhead, Jesus needed to live a perfect and sinless life in the power and grace of the Holy Spirit. Why? 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 Why was Jesus both human nature and fully divine? Fully human and fully divine. Because we needed a human savior. What we needed was, as fallen men, was a human redeemer who would gain a human holiness for us all. His people uh, 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 would need a human to die in their place. Jesus was fully human. He was fully God. But to give us the appropriate example, the appropriate uh, a symbol of a new kind of humanity, he had to live fully dependent upon the Spirit. Every miracle, every teaching, Christ depended upon the Spirit of God to do what God the Father wanted him to do. Christ walked the earth being fully dependent upon the Holy Spirit and then reminding us of what the kingdom of God would be like. So to be clear and to be upfront, there was never a time in the life and ministry of Jesus he was not dependent upon the Holy Spirit. Not once. From start to finish, because if he only remained in his divine nature, we couldn't do what he did. But Christ showed us perfectly how to live fully submitted to the, to the Spirit of God. He showed us how to do that. Now, y'all, if Christ, who was God in the flesh, needed him, how much more? Do we need them? Christ was always being fully renewed, revived, and strengthened by the Holy Spirit. Always. 
And here's why Paul gives us a command in Ephesians 5, 18. Be filled with the Spirit. But here's the problem. Christ was fully God and human, untainted by sin. Ah, those who are saved, we have God, we have God fully in us, but also but we have this own nature that wants to do its thing over and over again. It wants to sin against God. That's why Paul says, walk in the spirit so you would not fulfill the lust and or desires of your flesh. So though we are, though we have God fully in us, we still have this old, old nature in us wanting to do what it wants to do against the will and love of the Father. So we need the Spirit of God if Christ did. Cut off there. That's my rabbit. Had to chase it. Because I think that many Christians were trying to live this life not depending upon the Spirit of God. Saying that the gospel is enough. Saying that the word of God is enough. And I'm telling you, it is the spirit of God that applies the gospel of God for us to live like God. It is him who makes sense of the word of God. It is him who, who, who allows the gospel to be preached and then applied to our souls to receive the person and work of Jesus. It's him. And we need him, Omni. We can't do what we're doing without him. It's impossible for you to to do any good work that the Lord requires without the Spirit of God. Just can't do it. So we need him. We need him when we serve in the preschool, children's. We need them when we greet and, we're, and when we are hospitable. We, we need them when we sing songs and preach sermons. We need the Spirit of God to have His way in and through our lives. So I mean, let us be found often asking the Spirit of God to work in and through us in a way where Christ is made much of. It is Him who allows us to, to give great testimony to the person and work of Jesus. It is him. Now, when was Christ weak? I'm going to ask a question. When, when was Christ wearied or exhausted to where he needed to be strengthened? And, 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 and now what? Let's, let's start at Matthew chapter 4. Y'all, 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 y'all actually know the story. Matthew 3, Christ is, he is baptized. They hear the voice of, of God. Say, hey, this is my be- beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. We, we, we see it. We see uh, how then it is the spirit of God that leads him up to be tempted by the devil. It is the spirit of God that leads him to be tempted by Satan. The spirit of God, he leads him up there and he, and he goes up to, to this mountain and y'all listen. What you see, what you, what you see in full effect is the Spirit of God and the Son of God using the Word of God against the enemy where God the Son cannot fail. <laughs> you got the Spirit of God and the Son of God using the Word of God 
to combat the enemy. And they don't fail. So he, it's impossible. It's impossible for him to fail. Well, he's still God. Yet he is depending on God's spirit and God's word fully, fully. Satan has no chance at all, at all. And then Satan, he leaves, Luke says, for a season. And what you found in verse 11 are angels coming to minister, to care for, to feed water and food to Jesus. Because he's too weak to do it himself. It shows his human nature. Not only that, fast forward 22 chapters, Matthew 26. They're in the garden. He's brought his boys along with him. And he's asking them if you guys can just help, help, help the Savior out by watching and praying. Can y'all at least do that for for your Savior, for your brother. Can you at least do that? Well, we know that they don't do it. And what's said in the text is that his soul became very troubled, even to the point of death. This is God the Son looking to what is going to happen at the cross. This is God the Son reflecting on that there's never been separation between he, the Father, and the Spirit. They've always been in union. They've always been in community. But now you see that the Son of God, oh God the Son, he's looking at the cross. But not only is he looking at the cross, but what he's going to take up, take on at the cross. That at the cross, what God is going to do through his son is take the sins of the world and put the sins of the world on his son. Where those in the past and future will not have to receive or to experience the wrath of God due to one sin. Christ on the cross, he will absolve all the wrath that we deserve from God for committing one sin. He said, I got them. But in him having us, God has to turn his back on him. For God cannot look on sin. And Christ, he sees this. And he says, God, ho, 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 I know what we agreed to in, in eternity, but if you could please let this cup pass from me, but not my work. Do you see the Spirit of God strengthening him? Not my will, but your will be done. That in the moment of human weakness, and, and, and yet without sin, the Spirit of God comes and he strengthens him and says, Jesus, we talked about this before we even formed the moon and the earth. That we knew Adam would mess up. It wasn't no shock to us. And, and the plan was for the Father to, who, to actually to orchestrate this plan of salvation. Christ, 
It was your, it's your job to secure it. And it's the Spirit's job to apply it to those who believe. Christ was weak in the garden. Not only did we see him weak in the garden, Christ died death. <laughs> and the Bible says it was the Spirit of God that said, get up. Come on, Jesus. You can't stay here. It was the Spirit of God that raised them from the dead. And the Bible says the same Spirit that raised him from the dead, guess where he lives? Inside of us. The same Spirit that strengthened Jesus with, with Satan, against Satan, in the garden. And the same one that revived, that, 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 that picked him up from the grave. He said that the same Jesus, he now lives inside of us. So when it comes to he renews the soul to Christ, it meant that he strengthened the soul. But no, we, we are no Jesus. We are not the ones who, were, who have been and will be fully committed and submitted to the Spirit. We, the Bible says, we have all went astray like sheep. We all have turned away to our own way. And yet the Lord has punished Jesus for the iniquity of us all. God knew that we would stray. Even been made sheep of the fold by believing in what Christ has had done for us on the cross. He knew that because we still had this old sinful nature, we would go astray. But God in his grace, he strengthens a strayed sheep. <laughs> he restores a straying sheep. He renews a straying sheep. Christ, Christ, the, I mean, it's, it's y'all, we, we have that, 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 that when we stray, God, because he knows us, because he loves us, he brings us back around to him. And maybe you're asking, can you, can you prove that to me in scripture? Yes, I can. In Luke 15, some call it the lost chapter. Christ, he's confronting these Pharisees. And he's really talking about Israel. In this parable, he's really talking about Israel, but yeah, he's looking forward to the church. He's telling parables about how Israel was this, and yet how, how you have the shepherd going to find, the woman going to the floor, and you have God the Father accepting both the Gentile and the Jews. And the first portion of this, he asked this question. He says, in this parable, what, 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 man, what man among you, having a hundred sheep, will not leave the hundred and go, uh, uh, and will not leave the hundred for the one who left? Does not, don't you leave the 99 in the open field and, and go after the lost one into the, uh, until you find it? And when you find it, don't you, man, don't you put it on the shoulders and don't you throw a party? 
Don't you, when you go out and you find a sheep and you don't turn till you find it, don't you throw, don't you invite over company and y'all have a party? So what do you think the kingdom is like? What do you think the shepherd, the good shepherd is like? Y'all listen to me. Christ can be looking over a hundred million sheep. <laughs> and here is the grace of Christ. That when one of his stray, he leaves and he goes gets them. And he doesn't come back until he finds it. <laughs> I don't know about you, but man, haven't you strayed some? Haven't you strayed in your doubt with God? But here is Christ going after you, and he won't come back until he has you. Your doubt does not stop him from coming after you. Have you not been every once in a while distracted by sin or this world? Haven't we all went astray to the ways of this world? Haven't this guy or this man took us away from God? Haven't things of this world taken us out of the sheepfold? And what do we have? Christ, the good shepherd, going, going, and finding us. And he won't come back until he returns. Whenever a sheep, a saint, repents, that's the shepherd through the spirit going after you. Nobody returns back to Jesus, returns back to God through Jesus outside of the work of God and that, and, that, and that person's life. You don't return back to the fold on your own. We're too dumb to do that. We are too slow to do that. We are unable in our own strength to, to return back to the fold we left through the sin. But God in his grace in Christ says, I'm going after them. No matter how far they go, how long they've been gone, I'm going for them and I won't come back till I have them. That's God's love and care and grace for us. And y'all, many of us, we, 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 we strayed through pornography. We strayed. Fornication, we've strayed. Adultery, we strayed. And here is Christ says, I'm coming after you. And I won't return until you come back. Now, that's, that's God's grace in our lives. That's God strengthening us, renewing us, and reviving our souls to come back to him. And that's the love and care of the shepherd. <laughs> he doesn't care how long you've been gone, how far you've strayed away. He doesn't care about that. Because his coming after you is not packing only what you've done. <laughs> but it's what he's done for you in the son. And it's because of his son and what he's done for you that he will not cast you out. <laughs> you have a shepherd who will never cast you out. No matter what you do, he won't throw you away. He won't disclaim you or unclaim you. He will always go after you. And not because you love him, but because he loves you. 
Have you strayed away? Have you become distracted? Have you done your own thing and not sought his counsel? And you strayed away from the foe. And Christ says, though I have billions of sheep, I see you. And I'll leave the billion for you. I will leave the billion sheep that I have just for you. What grace. Because he wants and he will continue to renew. He will continue to strengthen. To strengthen. He won't stop. When you look at the tense of this verb, it's present tense. Which means God does not know how to stop. (laughs) He will restore. He will renew. He will strengthen you. Over and over and over and over again. He, in his grace, would do this to you, but it's for him. Even when our soul grows sorrowful, he will Revive it. When our soul is sinful, he will sanctify it. When our soul is weak, he will strengthen it. And when our soul wanders, and it will, he Christ will bring it back over and over and over again. Not because you are so good, but but, but because he is a God who is always good. Have you strayed away? Do you need God in some area of your life to strengthen you? I have a part two to this, but I, I, I'm going I'm to I'm 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 stop here. The way that God does this, it is supernaturally. One is done because he loves us, and two is done by his spirit. Like I said before, I'm gonna say it again, the only reason, the, the only way that we repent, that we return, that we come back after straying from God is because God, he goes after us and he 
chases us. Listen, even in repentance, it's Christ carrying us back to, to God. We don't repent on our own. It's a grace. It's a supernatural strength given by the Spirit, done for the glory of God because of the, because of the person and work of God on the cross. But now him being our good shepherd now in the person of the Spirit, that whenever we sin, he says, I'll go get him. I don't care how long you've been gone. It does not matter how long you've been doing it. God is saying, I'm coming for you. And I won't return until you, until I have you with me. That's a shepherd who loves. That's a shepherd who cares. That's a shepherd who never has and never will lose a sheep. So let's, I want to pray. And, and, and maybe you've wandered away. Maybe you've strayed. Maybe you've You've gotten distracted by this world. Maybe you've, you've had a hard time believing in who God is and what God can do. And God is saying, that does not stop me from coming after you. I don't come after you because of you. I, I, I come after you because of me. And then he loves us. And he puts us back into the fold and says, now sheep, hear my voice. Let me reacquaint you with my voice through my word. Let me reacquaint you with my voice through the power of my spirit. Let me reacquaint you with my word through, through the power and how I use community. Right now at this time, Christ may be saying, hey, I know you thought you was coming here for whatever reason, but I want you back. You never left. You just did what I knew you would always do. That's why God, the Father, sent God the Son because He knows our frame. He knows our He knows our tendencies. We are fallen creatures, dependent upon a faultless God. for salvation, for strength, for sanctification, all those things we found solely in, in God. So maybe you're here and you've, you, you've strayed. 
all heads are bowed and eyes in this moment are closed. I'm going to ask those who serve on our prayer team just to come down now. Those who serve, those who serve on our, on our prayer team, just, just to come down in this moment. To stand to my left. You're not in this alone. You're not. No one here is going to judge you. If God has justified you, who are we to bring charge against against you? It is God who has declared you righteous. If all we do stray away every once in a while. But if that's you, and you desire someone to pray with you. Man, we got men and women down here who would love to go to God for you. So, Holy Spirit, will you please move in this moment? First, for salvation. If there's anyone here who, who does not know Christ, and yet you, 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 you need... And, you, and, and the Spirit of God is moving in such a way where he's saying, man, throw your life on the mercy and love of God in Jesus for salvation, to making you, uh, 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 from moving you and making you uh, a sheep of the fold. If you've never given your life to Christ, right now is a good time. He is the good shepherd. He is also the gate. If anyone desires to be saved, you must come to him. If that's you, or if you've strayed away and just desired someone to pray with and for you, again, we have people down there who would love to do that with you right now. So if you want and if you desire, you can, you can get up, come down, and we'll pray with and we'll pray for you. Father, we thank you and we love you for who you are. You are the good shepherd who, who renews, who revives, who calls those who turn back, those who depart to come back. That's, that's you. That applies to us, not Jesus. But because Christ didn't do it, we can come to him who was perfect in what he did for us, who prepared the way for us. And, and that those who come, heaven strayed or never been a part of this fold. We know that you put the sins of Christ, of us on Christ. That, that we, we would forever be your sheep. Sheep that are often stray, but because of your love and grace that often returns. Father, we thank you. We love you. As we sing this song, you can still.
to come down for prayer.